Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Suzanne. And we are best friends and business partners who understand how our lives and our work are intertwined. And we talk about the challenges that are up for us because just like you, we're trying to get better all the time. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Rachel. Sorry. I, I, I'm calling in from New York today. I can't be there with you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not so sorry. Because today we're talking about a topic that is really all about me, which is learning how to excel as an introvert. And Mm, that's what you are. It is what you are. It is. And better for me to have this conversation without you yap, yap, yapping the whole time (laughs) and taking over the conversation that I'm going to have later with our guest. Well, okay, you can see it that way or or look at it as, you know, you're going to be having a conversation with no energy in it because you're like a little snail inside your shell. Right. Well, I mean, Susie, actually, we, we sh- our producer brought me cappuccino, so I've got that handled. Okay, awesome. We should define introvert for our listeners because there are lots of different ways of defining it. And we're going to kind of look at it with our guest or you are. But the way I think about introvert and the way you and I generally talk about it is if you're someone who doesn't get uh, energized by social interaction, but instead gets depleted by social interaction, whether that's, you know, meetings or especially parties, large groups, um, then chances are you're an introvert. And I think that is that is a big difference between you and me. Definitely. And it also, I think, affects the way I I lead um, and has often, I think, gotten in the way of me being my best self. I mean, I've admitted on the show here before that I am a terrible manager. I really am. And I think that part of that has to do with the fact that I just don't have like a comfort zone of being myself and also leading. And so sometimes I go too far to one side or too far to the other. I can close myself in the office and feel like that's the solution. And Rach, I'm worried about this right now because of, you know, we're about to launch this new venture together. And as as you know, the thing I'm worried about is that because it's physically here in Chicago, I'm going to be on the front line of all kinds of interactions, social, professional. And in the past, 
to in order for me to get through that stage of engagement with all kinds of people, I've really relied on you. I mean, I, I, you know, I have to save. I'm 50 years old. I have to still save you a seat next to me at a meeting. <laughs> like, how sad? That's sad. No, I mean, you know, it's it's going to be great. I mean, I, I don't know, Suzanne. I, my impression is that you are jazzed by these meetings. I wish I could be there more. Um, I'm having the reverse problem, of course, as an extrovert, I am being kept out of the party and it's driving me nuts, but I get the impression that you're being jazzed. I didn't, I didn't know that you were dreading these kinds of interactions. Here's a good example. I am, for the most part, I'm enjoying the meetings, but I also in the back of my head know that you're going to be here in a couple of weeks. Mm. And so the meetings that we're having when you're here, I just know my shoulders are going to go down because the pressure's not all on me. And I also think that one thing that's going to happen sooner rather than later is I'm going to become exhausted by this. So I think I'm running on a kind of adrenaline right now because we're at the start of something and it's exciting. And I know how to kind of be out there in that moment at the launch to kind of sell something. But once I'm out of selling mode and I'm really in the grind, I'm going to shut down. I know it. I know it. Well, then this is then we've got the perfect person that you're talking to today who can give you some advice and, you know, hey, coaching, man, on the air. We're not paying for it, but he gets to be in front of our millions of listeners and talk about his awesome company, which is really right on this topic, which, you know, has to do with how you lead, how you excel when you, as a communicator, as an engager with other people, operate differently than extroverts do to yeah. whom it comes naturally. You know, Tom Yorton, who's our guest, um, has been on our show before because he was the author. He co-authored the book with Kelly Leonard called Yes And, because this came out of Second City, which is known for its improv. And actually, according to our data, it has been the most listened to show of all time on uh, was it on the dirty truth or were we still no? It was still no, no. the big payoff. I, I think it was a big payoff, yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't know we had data. We have data? <laughs> <laughs> we do have data. It must have been a show where I was predominantly in the lead and engaging <laughs> with Tom as my guest. You know, I'd like to ask Tom's advice about, like, what is the species of an introvert who is also a flat-out bragger? Wow. Ouch. Yeah. Was that about yourself? Were you looking for some self-help there? (laughs) So Tom is, he comes out of Second City. He was the former CEO of Second City Works, and he's turned the wheel in the direction of um, what he's calling original communication for quiet leaders. It's his company, Shine Advisors. And he really has recognized that there are a whole lot of people who are more like Tom and more like me, who maybe to the external world appear to be really out there and comfortable in their skin in front of people, but really have a very different struggle going on inside. So thankfully, Tom is here and you are not. So I think we're going to shut you off. (laughs) I'm kind of giddy at this thought. I think we're going to shut, or at least we're going to shut off. Right. We're gonna gonna, you're not going to be able to talk. I think that's even oh, worse shit. for you. Oh, my God. Wait, which is worse? Let's make it worse. I think you get to listen but not talk. Right. That, I'm panicking. I'm panicking now. Okay. I, and then maybe after the show, Adam can show me how to have that feature on all the time. <laughs> 
Um, Okay, we'll be back talking to Tom. Walking through the park, it wasn't quite dark. There was a man sitting on a bench. I love the crowd as a little bit He just phoned Tom. Yes. Welcome back. It's so great to be back. Um, so, By the way, you, you were yes. talking about um, the number of listens you got and the data that you had on the first time I was in. I think at least 1,500 of those listens are from my mom. Aww. So she's very sweet. That's so sweet. She's a big fan of the show. Well, mil- millions and millions <laughs> for sure. Um, and I know because of Yes And, you just have to go with that. So if hey, I say millions and millions. I love that. It's called tens of millions. Tens of millions. We just keep going. But you're here today for a different reason because you've switched gears. So can you just tell me a little bit about the turn, why you took the steering wheel and turned it in this direction? Yeah, I've always been interested in leadership communication, 30 plus years as a professional and unconventional ways to help leaders excel as communicators. I think it's incredibly important. But I also think that business communication is food from the 50s. It's bland, it's dull, it's awful, it's predictable, and it doesn't need to be that way. And I think that problem is especially acute for quiet, introverted leaders. And I have some experience with this because I would consider myself a quiet leader, at best, a situational extrovert. Um, So I know what it's like to think that you have to be something other than what you really are. And that gap between what you think you need to present to the world and what you really are causes a lot of tension. So I, ne- I need to rewind the, the tape, not literally, but figuratively, back to the quiet and introverted description of yourself. Sure. I don't feel quiet, even though I absolutely feel introverted. So can you just break down those definitions and also use the term um, situational extrovert. Sure. So just break those down so I understand. So you may not be quiet. Uh, It's your preference for stimulation. And uh, people who are introverted have uh, less of a preference for stimulation. um, And they have more of a preference for quiet, for introspection, for solitude. So it may not be that you yourself are a quiet person, but it's what your preference is uh, in the environments and the situations that you seek out. That is 100% accurate. Okay, so it's not really about me being quiet. It's about my need for quiet. Correct. As part of what, okay, that makes sense. Makes sense. Perfect. Okay, and can you talk about what does a situational extrovert mean? Yeah, I think where the research is going, and and again, I'm more of a communications expert than a psychologist, but where the research is going is away from stark labels that you're a this or you're a that. And there's been a lot of psychological tests over the years and uh, assessment tools that people in 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 business use. And one of the downsides is you label someone this and this, and it looks like there's a tremendous gap between this person and that person. The truth is that there's more of a spectrum or there's more of a continuum that you may um, you may be introverted in situa- certain situations or you may express a preference in a certain situation that you wouldn't in another situation. So people aren't as different as we make them out to be. And I think sometimes we do them a disservice when we say you must wear this jersey because you're an introvert and you must wear this jersey because you're an extrovert because the difference between those two people may be very different. Now, when I have a ton of passion or expertise or or heart for a certain topic, I have no problem advocating for that topic and no problem being very vocal, being very expressive, being very outward. Uh, but that's not my natural act. My natural act, I'd be happy 
on the side of a mountain chopping wood all afternoon and thinking about a lot of things. So that is exactly where I feel I am. Can we talk about me? Let's do it. (laughs) Um, That's where I feel I am when you just said when you're in a situation where you feel like you have the expertise and you're really passionate about the topic, you can be more, I don't know the words, like out there. You can be express yourself in a way that might lead other people to think that you were very extroverted and and charismatic. So I'm in this situation right now where Rachel and I are launching this new venture together. And it is going to be a talent development headquarters for women in Mm. Chicago. And we're really excited about it. I can feel the energy from all directions, you know, everywhere we go, where we talk to people about this idea. Everybody wants to know how they can get engaged. So when I'm in those meetings, kind of pitching or selling, because I'm feeling the energy, then I'm okay. But if I have to be in a meeting, these are the ones that are coming up that I'm dreading, where I have to, let's say, meet with a group of five to ten women who I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really pitching or selling to them. I'm kind of getting to know them or facilitating a conversation that they are weighing in on. It's not that I don't want to hear what they have to say. I feel less capable of of being myself in that setting. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. And and I've experienced that many times myself. And I think sometimes it's it's that gap between what you think you need to be, how you need to behave in your own mind, uh-huh. and what your preference is. And I guess that's really the heart of it is why do you think you need to be something other than what you are? That's the question. Okay, because if I was myself, so let's just go there. Now I'm at a meeting. There are, let's call it, five to eight women and me. And my job in that meeting is to get their input on this idea. I would feel that I had to be really dynamic and and pull them into the conversation and pick up on the things that they're saying so they're really excited about it and the whole energy in the room. I feel like that's my job. Mm. As opposed to being the person, if I had to be completely myself, I would be a lot more quiet in the room. I would ask questions maybe from time to time, but I wouldn't be the cheerleader. And that's my concern. Yeah. This may be counterintuitive, but I think it's misplaced concern. Um, I get it. But I think that idea of co-creating something in a room with people is a powerful idea, not always having to be the cheerleader where you're dominating a conversation. Um, that's, that's an option, but there are many ways to get people to buy in. In fact, a lot of times when, we, when we're so big, we don't leave room for others to contribute. So what you see as a weakness in your communication style, I don't necessarily see as a weakness. You know, you have to remember that there's a range of people on the other side of the desk. There's a range of personality types on the other side of the desk, and they may, they may be put off by your cheerleaderness. You never know. So now we're getting into something that's very uh, familiar and interesting. So because it's Rachel and Suzanne and has been forever... We're a show. I mean, not just on this show, but in meetings. We've developed this kind of rapport that we're entertaining people while we're also in in a meeting where we're consultants or advisors or 
strategist, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. So we've gotten into this dynamic where I think we feel it is part of our job to entertain in a way. And the question I would have is if that went away, I think I'd miss it. But would I miss it just because it was now something new? But I also think I'd be fearful that now the sort of special sauce of Rachel and Suzanne would no longer work. But in point of fact, if if I'm understanding you correctly, in those meetings, you'll be solo? I'm saying I think that one of the reasons I arrived at this place where I believe I need to be that person in the room who's spinning 10 dishes on two fingers and keeping the room really energized is because of the way when I'm with Rachel, we've learned to be in a room. So, yes, I guess to your point, even when Rachel's not there, Mm -hmm. I think I'd still feel the pressure to perform in that way. Yeah, that that may take some time because that's new for you. And that may just take some time and a few trials for you to see that you're you're better than you think. I think you might be overly harsh on yourself with your criticism in terms of how you how you think you come across to others and how compelling you are. You can be compelling and charismatic quietly. Gandhi was charismatic. You don't always have to be the how? big force in the room. How does that w- I mean I get it with Gandhi. I'm no Gandhi. <laughs> well, I guess my point is it, it is a continuum, right? And And I also think one idea that's very powerful, too, is kind of an access all area uh, idea. I like telling people what's going on behind the scenes. Hey, for those of you who know Rachel and myself and our and our show, this is how we come across. You can almost declare today's going to be a little different because I'm wired a little differently. And how much of that you declare and you pop the tension bubble around what their what you think their expectation is and what you actually want to get out of that day. Hey, I want to approach this a little differently today. Sometimes it helps just to declare that you're coming from a different point of view for that moment, for that day. And that gives you permission, gives you room to act in a way that's truer to yourself. And you just have to have confidence that what you bring in that setting is enough. I'd think they would be disappointed. Now, I, 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 it's hard for me to say. I've interacted with you twice, and both times I've interacted with you, it hasn't been disappointing. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, I don't, I don't perceive a lack of energy. I don't perceive uh, a lack of zeal or um, expressiveness. I don't, I don't see any of that. So I'm, I'm just I'm kind of curious why you see that. I see it because this is how I would normally react if, let's say if Rachel's there and Rachel's being Rachel and she's funny and everybody's laughing and she's sparkly and everybody's engaged, I either can, you know, riff off of her, right? I can be the yes and with her in it, or I can get a break, like I can shut down a little bit and recapture my energy because I know she's on. Yeah. So that's my worry is that if I don't either have Rachel to be fueling off of or drafting off of and and I'm being depleted of energy, what is my what is the Suzanne in the room going to really offer? What you described is kind of a cheat that I would use back in in the day where uh one of the, the dirty secrets I had as a presenter was the first two minutes of a presentation for me were always terrifying. It's like an airplane taking off. Yes. That, yep. that moment of liftoff. And are you going to get critical height or are you going to crash? And so for me, I always work cheats in 
to the first part of my presentation. It was a video clip. It was something else that I could throw to to share focus in the room that would give me a pause, that would give me a moment to catch my breath and get back into it again. And it just seemed like that once I got past that critical phase, I was good to go. How that idea might translate into your world, you said that if Rachel was in the room, you might be able to, uh, you know, give her some focus and allow her to contribute for a while. You catch your breath and, and then you can reengage. There might be ways that you can make a conversation with that group of five to ten women more interactive where it may not be Rachel where you're sharing focus, but there may be some device, some other way to do that, that if what you're really looking for is not to be the focal point for 60 minutes or yes, whatever, right. there might be other ways to do that. Well, or not. I love that hack. I'm wondering if you have more. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So can we just end maybe with a couple of those hacks? Because that is... So here's what I took away, which was super helpful in that early part of the meeting, the presentation, the pitch, whatever. If I'm worried about needing to be my, you know, charismatic self that takes more energy, I can hack it by putting something else in. Interactivity. of Interactivity. Love that. The other thing that you just made me think of is if Rachel's not there, I can almost... Uh, form another Rachel. Like if there's another woman in the room who's really dynamic, I can really, you know, fluff her up to make it feel right and just enlist her maybe even without her knowing it. I love that. Are there other, you know, I I just use the word hacks because I think that's what they are. I think they're little tricks of the trade that might help me. A couple things. First of all, what is the cost of being wrong? I think you're catastrophizing that if it isn't this you know, blue angel flyover, you know, chills down the spine kind of experience. Yes, I you am. failed. Give yourself a little break. I mean, what are you there to do? What is the goal? Sometimes you can achieve the goal uh, without actually being your, your, your best, your fullest from an expressiveness standpoint. So I just say, make sure you're not setting an unrealistic standard that you punish yourself because that makes the next time out harder and you just deplete yourself even more. So don't do that. One. Um, second thing is, think about the balance. We're, we're the totality of our communication, and that's written, interpersonal, presentational communication. Can you interact with that group? Is is the time that you're with them, is that the only time you have them? Can you think about, hey, I'm going to lead them, I'm going to 
send them something written in advance. I'm going. I don't know if you're a good writer. Maybe that's a strong. Suit I'm for an you. excellent writer. If you're, a which great I can writer. say because Rachel's not here, and then <laughs> she'd make some sort of snarky comment, and then I'd feel like maybe I'm not a good writer, but I know I am. Yeah, and that's don't play someone else's game. Play to your strength. So if that's uh-huh. if that's a strength of yours, can you find a way to either precede the meeting or follow the meeting with something in writing that either sets context or changes expectations? So when you're in the room, you have a different lift to do in the room. I love it. And that reminds me, we had we had this great speaker in the class that I teach at Kellogg who was demonstrating what it looks like when you are really the fullest expression of yourself. She's very edgy. She's a writer. She's a marketer, almost to the point where she's offensive, right? Hmm. But when you meet her, that's not how she comes across. But she was saying to the group, look, my ads that you see are only one touch point of your interaction with me. And she had this whole list of other touch points that range from your email signature to your business card to the way she might follow up with somebody after they'd been in a meeting with her in an email to the way she even wrote the intro on the bill she was sending them if it was an invoice. And she said, I use all these touch points to create a version of myself for them. Is that what you're saying? Precisely. And I just think that we get caught in business playing to a very narrow, unimaginative playbook. And you have more levers to pull, more tools at your disposal than you think. And you got to use the ones where you're really good at. One one other idea that I think um, I don't want to leave without talking about. Just because someone is super comfortable in front of a room and they look like they own this, right. they may be really very just, just self-satisfied. They may not be satisfying the people in the audience. They may be – you can go too far. I've seen some people who are so in love with themselves that, is so true. that they don't necessarily make a connection. They would never know it because they're just absorbed in yes. what they're putting out. So recognize that that's not – someone's comfort with themselves in a, in a room is not an indicator of how well they're connecting. Right? Wow. Here's that's the other so thought. true. Here's the that's other so thought. True. Leaders have a challenge with, with – um, Charisma, and there's always this idea of um, how much, how much. Sometimes mystery is good, right? Sometimes when you just sprinkle a couple of breadcrumbs and allow that, you become more desirable, more interesting because of what you don't share. So that can be a choice. I'm again, I'm not here to say that that's the play you should run. What I'm here to say is that you should think about that and and. Don't try to play someone else's game. You won't do it as well as you can, and you will only undermine your own self-confidence going into it because you'll always be reflecting on what you're not doing relative to someone else. Figure out your own cheat. That's awesome. So, Tom, this was super helpful. I- I'm trying to think if I if there's any question that if Rachel were here, she would ask you. And I think maybe the question Rachel would ask you is that – if if she and I are together in a room and she knows or can sense that I'm being depleted, what is her job as my, you know, to some extent, my um, improv partner, mm-hmm. right? In that, is it her job to carry the extra weight of that moment or does she go quieter so as to create a setting in which we are both, like, what would she do in that setting if if the goal is really getting the group of people we're with very engaged in whatever it is we're talking about? That's a good question. Um, I don't know if this is the definitive answer, but things that come to mind are, what would be the most generous thing she could do as a communicator? And both of you, if you're, you're taking care of each other. Right. So how, 
how can you look to be generous? And if she's seeing you depleted, maybe maybe in the moment it's, hey, I'm going to pick up a little bit of the slack or the burden. But I don't know if that's a solution long term because it just seems like it perpetuates the yes, dynamic that right. may not be super helpful. So maybe that's something you guys need to figure out offline. Hey, we're going to go into this meeting. Let's have a, a slightly different game plan. I want uh, lift me up a little bit more or hold me more accountable. And maybe that's the other thing, too, is what I'm what I'm suggesting here isn't that the cheats and the hacks can help to some degree. But for any communicator, there's a certain amount of your communication that will put you in a little bit of an uncomfortable zone. And I, all I'd say there is it's not going to kill you. And to stretch just a little bit and to challenge yourself and to continue growing as a communicator, um, you shouldn't live in that land because you haven't thought of other solutions or because you don't think it's okay to play to your own strengths. But you should you should go in that direction because you should be willing to test yourself and test your comfort zone because you you can continue to stretch even as you get older and more experienced in this business world. Tom, this is great. And I, I know that the bar is equally high in terms of listeners. So you have a lot of work to do. Dang. To spread the word. Millions and millions. millions. Well, I'm calling my mom as soon as we get <laughs> Call today. mama. Thank you so much for coming in, Tom. Thank you. Wow, man. Wow, Suzanne. <laughs> I was listening to that, and I'm telling you, um, <clears throat> I, 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 it's fascinating. I saw some stuff. We should just do that all the time because I put things together in my head that I had never put together. And the fact that I couldn't say anything <laughs> was, so was that brutal. It forced me to listen. Wow. It was amazing. Wow. So what did you learn and, and well, what did you learn? And should I have gone in a direction? Did, did no. I not go down a path you would have wanted? No, what was great was the path you took was really for yourself. It was like, dude, I need your help here. It wasn't abstract. It was like you were being very practical about wanting his advice on stuff that you need help on. And I know he's not a coach, but it was like he knows stuff and he gave you lots of great hacks. Here's the big, big, big aha for me, Suzanne, that really, it just, how many years have you and I been talking about your struggle with having to be, quote, on? Uh, 19 out of 20? Yeah. For the last 20 years, yeah. it's been like, oh, my God. I'm facing a day where yes, I have to, to be, be on, on where I, yeah. and I've never questioned it because that's my experience in a meeting and it's like it's not a problem for me it's just like I just that is my style thing. All of a sudden I was like, "Wait." And Suzanne, when we're together, I don't at all experience your hiding behind me. It's a you you take a different style which we've talked about a lot. Um uh, you keep things moving, 
where I will, you know, do something else. But but you keep things moving toward, really toward the exit door. <laughs> <laughs> right. How soon can we get out of this meeting? How, yes. How much uh-huh. do I have to pay to get have, out of this conversation? I've gotten right. that down to an art form, no doubt. Yeah, it's an art form. Uh-huh. It's an art form. That's what I'm now realizing. It's like you're wanting, you're being so freaking good at landing the plane. It's because you want to get the fuck off the plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, before I jump, before I jump. So what what Tom was saying to you was, wait, who says you – there are a million ways of being, quote, on, and some of them are, as we always say, leading from the back of the room. So the hack he gave you about declaring what's going to happen right now, like – so in this meeting, I'm going to really be hoping that you guys talk a lot about I'm trying – I want you to engage one another yeah. in a conversation. And I'll set up the conversation, but then I really want to listen to you guys have it, right? That's one example of how you could declare a methodology that doesn't require you to be on at all. Yeah, yeah that was great. And yet you're leading. That was great. That yeah. was great. No, I, I definitely will think differently. I have to say it's not going to be overnight. You know, I don't know right. how comfortable I'll feel going into a room not feeling the pressure to be on. The expectation that it, you know, you and I have for years had this phrase about it was a swingy meeting. Yes. <laughs> and it comes from Saturday Night Live, right? Or no, from... um from Wayne's world, swing, uh-huh. like when yeah. someone's, right, yes. when someone's really turned on by something, you know, it's the swing, the swingy. And so you and I, before yes, we time. were in business together, right, uh-huh. was at a swingy meeting, oh, super swing, showing, right? Our expectation that every, every meeting meeting has to be swingy yeah. or else it was a catastrophe. <laughs> that's so <laughs> embedded. That is so embedded yeah, in us. But that's not true. Wait, one more thing before we leave. This is just the last thing that sort of blew my mind. It is so true that when I watch, and by the way, this is not you. You are this when he was speaking, I was not thinking, oh, that's Rachel, but I do know people like this. That the idea that just because somebody is super charismatic in yeah. the room doesn't mean that the people in the room are actually experiencing them as intimate or connected. Well, or you know who's the perfect example of this is <clears throat> I can't name him because he's actually pretty famous, but he's the chair of the board of one of our projects. Um. Oh, God, yes. Oh, exactly. So he's not connected. That is so true. He's just charismatic. He's charismatic. And you feel like you're in the presence of someone who really is giving you something that's fulfilling. And then when he's done talking, you're like, I got nothing. I got nothing. Yep. Okay. All right. That was good. I say we do all our shows this way from now on. (laughs) It was so hard. I was screaming at the phone. Okay, we'll be back to the big payoff next week. Tom? Hey, Rach. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, just quickly, before Suzanne calls me, um, I was just listening to you guys, and, and here's my concern. First of all, I don't want you to fuck up our shtick, okay? We have a shtick. It works. 
I really like the role I play. You start giving her alternatives, and it's like pushes me out of the driver. It's like, don't fuck with our shtick. So if she changes her dynamic, then what happens to me? I, I'm sorry, the phone was breaking up. Could you say all of that again, please? Oh, I see what kind of coach you are. I see where you're being paid. <laughs> Hello? Tom? God damn, he hung. Did you hang up? Shit. If you like what you heard, you can find us at bigpayoffradio.com, on iTunes, on the ACAST app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters. My mother told me.